Brady throws the ball downfield. He's got Evans toward the end zone. Evans makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great throw by Brady. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Fire the cannons. Brought to you by Frontier. Uncable yourself. Get fiber internet. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Dropping to throw Mahomes. We run a stunt, run a stunt. And we sack him at the 50-yard line. Wow, he's covered. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest. I am so excited for today's episode because it is a mini reunion with none other than Buccaneer legend. Wow, yeah. Allie Marpet. Yeah. The legend thing I feel like kind of loses its its oomph a little bit because anyone who's a former player is a legend. <laughs> yes, so I, yeah. exactly. So it feels like, like even though technically I'm a legend, it doesn't feel like... Um, I don't know. Uh, that that means much to means you? Means as much, yeah. From, from now on, what would you prefer? Super legend? Uh, icon? Friend? Maybe just friend. Friend, yeah, friend so of the friend, show. Friend of the friend, show. Friend, friend of, of the, the family. You know, yeah. Okay, so I love good. that. Well, this is such an honor, and uh, we're so excited to hear about everything that you have been up to, and you're going to get to play part little analyst here, talking oh, about wow. the team. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, it's crazy. So first of all, before we get into you, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I know you were at the game. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, and so um, unfortunate way that the season has taken a turn lately, several losses in a row, and not where this team thought they would be. As you've kind of watched this, what are some of the big things that stand out to you, knowing if you, I'm sure you're still picturing yeah. yourself in the building yeah. and what it would be like. What are the things that stand out to you, specifically from maybe an offensive perspective? Sure. Um, well, I think the, the obvious thing that stands out is health, right? I think the best teams are the healthiest teams. And I think when you're navigating different guys and plugging plugging different guys in in different roles, I think it presents like it's it's hard. And um, I, while the next guy is always prepared, just that that feel that you have with guys can be off. So navigating that from a, as an offense and as a team is challenging. And I think we, we, we see that. Um, obviously, there are talented guys playing. But when you don't have that feel, it makes football really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the the short week aspect is always difficult, yeah. too, and especially after a tough loss. So explain yeah. that to us of now the, the two different sides of it, sure. of one, the short week and why that would have been both a, a good and a bad thing after a tough stretch, after especially a tough loss like the Panthers. Yeah. And then now you get the sort of mini bye week on the other side right. of it. How did those two things affect a team in the situation that they're in right now? Yeah, I think there's honestly nothing that's inherent about the short week that, uh, you know, would gear you towards a different, like, like lens or, like, uh, motivation. Like, I really think that, like, it's how you interpret that inv- that event or that short week. So it's like, can we do this short week better than another team? Or, like, can we uh, have a, uh, a quick, you know, Flush, flush the bad, bad stuff. Like, how quick can we respond to these things? And I think that the short week definitely presents challenges. But if both two teams are going through it, right? For instance, I think that um, uh, it just gives you an opportunity to decide how we're going to do it better than the other team. And then, as far as going into like a little mini buy after a loss, um, obviously it's better to have momentum. But it gives you, I think, an opportunity to like evaluate and like almost self-scout. Cause I think that teams and uh, players react very strongly to losing as that's just part of it. So I think that like you then take, 
it a little bit more seriously. It's like, all right, what can we do? Like when you're winning, you're not as cognizant of the things that like you can do better. And so I think losing actually gives you those opportunities to sort of steer you into a, a better uh, direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Or, and, you know, I think that at this point, there are obviously questions about what can or should change. Right. How many things can really change mid-season like this, where right. you're you're kind of at the the halfway point, even though it was yeah. 17 games, that's not as clean anymore. But right. I mean, how much can you change between things like staff, players, personnel, the play calls, the everything, you know, yeah. it, or is it kind of you're you're in it and and it's a little hard to to redirect a big train here? Yeah, well, so from like a talent standpoint, like you're not getting stronger, you're not getting faster. So to your point, yeah, you're yeah. definitely limited with like those constraints. But I think from a process, like a practice standpoint, from a play calling standpoint, from like a communication standpoint, those things all can be improved upon. And those have like drastic impacts. Like uh, you can see all the time, there are uh, teams that outperform their talent level and teams that underperform their talent uh, level. And I think that those those are the th pieces that need to be corrected, which are the communication and the, um, you know, the, uh, just the feel, I guess, mm -hmm. and those things can be done in practice. It's a much harder, it's easier said than done. Like right. It really is a hard process, but I think that that's the unique time that this mini buy allows mm. uh, the team. Yeah, that they actually can make a few yeah, more they changes. Can, exactly, they can really, okay, what do we need to do better? Yeah, we're yeah. talking to Buccaneers, former offensive lineman, Ali Marpet, and I know that the offense in particular has struggled at the start of games. And finally, this game was the yeah. first of the whole season where they scored a touchdown right. in the first quarter. Not a thing that this Bucks offense has uh, thought would be a case after the last few years. Right. Um, and finally get that first one last night. And it's to me, it felt different to start the game. Things felt like, okay, maybe now they've, they've gotten it rolling. They're getting a yeah. few chunk plays. And then it kind of came to a bit of a screeching halt, right. five straight punts. So what is what you've seen of the challenge of the starting games and, and why that maybe hasn't gone better, why this game felt like maybe things did change yeah. a bit, and then how an offense can then just kind of lose that yeah. at some point? I think, like, rhythm is just so important. And, like, uh, when you're, like, in a, in a game planning st standpoint, like that first 15 plays that we talk about, like, though prioritizing those and having a really good mix of run, pass, play, action, screen. I feel like those the, those first couple drives really felt like, okay, this is rhythm. And I think that it sort of alludes to the fact that they're capable. Like mm -hmm. they, right there, yeah. they've got that. So it's just finding that rhythm, which is again, easier said than done. Yep. Um, and I think mixing in a lot of that, the, you know, the talented players, you know, showing up when they need to and the play calling having those you know the compliments of screens and short stuff and all that all that goes with it right. um but uh i think it's definitely encouraging right to see that they can fix something that they know is a glaring issue and mm -hmm. improve on it yeah and i know some of the other issues in particular have been just big picture is situational football right where it's the third and ones it's the red zone yeah. it's you know those kind of things um what have you seen about why some of those have been issues and how fixable are, are those kind of things? What are some of the things that contribute to where it seems like they might not have anything to do with each other, but at the same time, somehow it is in the situational football at those key moments right. when the plays aren't coming. Yeah, those for me are like the hard, that's the harder fix. Like I like when you like someone, you know, um, in a penalty, like in a, a tough time, like those are like, 
like you, you just want to say, oh, like concentration or right. something like that. There's really not an easy fix to those. It just kind of seems that like when you're like well prepared and when you're firing on all cylinders, those things like kind of just don't happen or right. they happen less frequently. And I think that what's happening with the boxes, there's, there's, I, I can't speak to why, mm -hmm. but there is this grouping of, you know, problematic mistakes mm -hmm. in key situations and like those turn the tides of a game. Yeah. How, what did you see from specifically the O-line uh, in in this Ravens game? We can talk about them more holistically for the season yeah. in a bit, but in this game in particular, what did you see? Yeah, I saw, um, well, gosh, it was it was fun watching Nick play. So left guard, Nick Leverett mm -hmm. getting his, his uh, first start uh, and him playing with so much energy and enthusiasm. Like he was just, he was having fun. Yeah. Like, and I think that that is... A place where you want to be as a football player mm -hmm. and especially the fact that a guy like that can even have that much like you should have seen me in my first start like i was drenched in sweat like well that's not cutting, all that cutting. unusual right, for right, you right, right, let's right. you know exactly. first of that's all. not saying much <laughs> that means but I'm nothing. Saying from a stress and like a yeah. pressure standpoint the fact that you can kind of just cut it loose and have fun mm -hmm. is awesome to see so that was that was encouraging i think uh from uh, in general there you got flashes of that from the offensive line there's a little bit more energy which mm -hmm. is feels like something that uh, they, they could use and they're missing with with gents obviously yeah. um, and uh, they're definitely a good offensive line they are it's just like it's you know one guy here or, and they can feel like that's the general story of the bucks mm -hmm. uh, that you can't get all 11 guys playing at the highest level at the same time yeah, yeah. and I know that uh, a couple of these rookie tight ends have, have really come on and stayed on and co-keefed and how cool has that been to watch, you know, as you lose Gronk, you don't know what that's yeah. going to be in that position group. And then especially if you hear that Cam Brate's going to be injured right. for a bit, I'm sure that the expectations would have been a little tough there. No and, and even just how hard it is for these rookie tight ends with everything they're asked to do oh my offensively. Gosh. Yeah, it's really tough. And I think that people have talked about it, right? Like rookie tight ends not making much of an impact, like historically. Uh, and I think it really is a tough job, especially... Um, what's, I feel like in general, like the framework when they are brought in, it's like, oh, these guys can block and, you know, maybe they'll get a ball. But yeah. like, no, they've really stepped up and played at, at, at a really high level in the uh, past game too. And I think that that's been really cool to see. And it's also really cool to see the um, guys really make the most of their opportunities, you know? Like as a fan, like mm -hmm. when guys finally get that opportunity, or like from, at least from the outside, when five guys get those opportunities, they're just like, to quote a coach, like choke the life out of those yeah. opportunities. Like yeah. I think that that's really encouraging and fun to see. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And uh, Vita, four and a half sacks, unbelievable on the season. Already tied a career high. And oh here, really? Yeah. Okay. And here we are at the midway point. Gosh. I mean, so you've you've had to deal with Vita in practice. I certainly have. Yeah, I'm sure those were delightful moments. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like almost like. Like in my head, like I could still do it, but I know that, like, <laughs> like you know, like you, you yeah. know what I'm saying. But yeah. like, I know that if there was any like actual physical contact, I would just you like, just get that crumble. <laughs> <get> crumble <laughs> uh, right now. But like in my head, like, I can get it yeah, done. Yeah, I can totally. Yeah, do exactly. This. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So Vita, I, I so I didn't know that he's at four and a half. Like unbelievable. Like for an interior guy, that's like getting double teamed. I, I can I don't have the stats, but like, how often is an interior guy getting double teamed? Mm -hmm. uh, so and. Uh, how effective is he in the run game? And so, like, an interior guy to be able to disrupt and uh, be a game wrecker from, like, a pass rush standpoint is such a huge asset. The yeah. dude's 
That's unbelievable. And I'm sure even not even from like a uh, uh, sack standpoint, but like just disrupting the pocket. Mm -hmm. You know how much like they, like those uh, stats you don't really see as much, but like how much how often is he getting a quarterback off the spot? Yep. And how much how much value does that bring to your defense? Yeah. So that's so that's that's cool cool to hear. I didn't know he's at four and a half. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I know that. Uh, at the game, we got to see uh, two former Bucks out there doing their announcing thing. Did you get a chance to see either Richard Sherman or uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, I didn't. I saw Fitzy up in New York, and we were able to catch up because Nick Mangold got uh, inducted to the Ring of Honor up there, and I saw the Bengals play the Jets, and that was cool for me. So I have seen Fitzy. I didn't see uh, Sherman, uh, but that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that that whole Thing that they've got for Thursday night with the former players and they've got the right crew yeah. and it seems like well, from what I've seen that they're it's at least fun and they're, they're all crushing it which is awesome yeah and Fitzy rocking his uh D-Jax yeah, outfit which is awesome yeah. again I, I, didn't, I didn't know Deshaun was playing for the Ravens now but yeah that's uh, unbelievable that Fitzy's crushing it. of course anything that the dude's gonna do yeah. is gonna be next level yeah. so of course he's gonna crush being an analyst he's just third. so good at everything he's so good I, it's unfair it sucks <laughs> It sucks that he's so good. We love him, and it we sucks. Like, exactly. <laughs> All right, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest with Buccaneer legend Ali Marpet, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here again is Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest. I am joined by former Buccaneer offensive lineman Ali Marpet, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters, and... Uh, again, it is such a fun experience getting a chance to talk to you now. Is it's so weird to even just say former yeah. O lineman, which now you get to be the guy that talks about this Bucks O line that oh I feel like gosh. has such a unique perspective yeah. on everything. And um, so, first of all, let's start with the left guard position, sure, a thing why not? you know yeah. a thing or two about yeah. over here. So. Uh, you ended up leaving, and then they now are figuring out this backup spot. Yeah. They've got all these guys in there, yeah. and. The so Luke Gedeke emerges, but then also now Nick Leverett is getting his chances. Tell us about those two guys. What you I know you yeah. didn't get a chance to play with Luke obviously as yeah. a rookie. You did get a chance to play alongside Nick and be in meetings with him. The challenges of rotating them and trying mm. to build that chemistry with Donovan that you and Donovan right. had so much of. Just all the challenges of that position battle and then what you've seen from the two of them so yeah, far. Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess I'll talk about Luke first, but like from every, uh, we've been in touch, like we are, we have been uh, throughout the entire process. And I think that like since when he got drafted, and I think that if there's one thing I know, there's an ability and a desire, like he has a certain like interest, in, like an intellectual interest and like self-awareness around the game that I think will help him be successful. And I think that uh, there are things to figure out, and I know that he wants to play at a higher level, and but he's doing the things that allow you to play at a higher level. So I do feel like it is a kind of trust the process thing with Luke, um, and I think that he will be a terrific player, and he's shown really good stuff at times, and I think that uh, the communication stuff with, with Donnie and with Hainsey or with, with, with Jensen when, when Jensen's back or whenever that happens, uh, I think is really stuff that just figure you figure you figure it out like there are growing pains and there are like uh the chemistry it doesn't just click sometimes it does but most of the time it doesn't and i think that that's what they're building right now so that's what we're seeing it's just the building of that chemistry and uh, hopefully luke gets healthy uh but i think he will be a really really good football player how much is there the some, some people have said maybe it's better to 
watch for a bit to yeah. grow and learn. Where do yeah. you stand on that, on the playing to learn versus the watching to learn? Yeah, I, so I can speak to my experience. I, I got like trial by fire, right? Yeah. So like I, me and Donnie came in and they're like, uh, you guys, <laughs> we were go. two, you were two of 14, like can't get much worse, you guys just go. <laughs> um, <laughs> the lower expectations are probably a little helpful exactly. there. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. so it's a much harder, again, for Luke. It's like, all right, well, uh, yeah, we, Super were Bowl pretty, we were pretty good. Great, like, yeah. So if you could just do that again. Um, no, so yeah, for me, trial by fire was absolutely what I needed. Uh, but I think what every there's different like, I don't know, you, you, you kind of well, whatever you get, you get right. But I think that guys respond to different opportunities differently. I don't know how I would have done. I actually don't think I would have done that great learning. But Luke is also a really like inquisitive, interested guy. So. You know, you, you just never know how it, it could be really beneficial for a guy to learn, or it could be really beneficial for trial by fire. And you yeah. let up, uh, like my first game, I let up a sack, and like I was like, this sucks. And then you re respond, and I was able to grow from it. Um, uh, but you never really know. It's just like what a guy needs and uh, how people respond differently. And what do you see as the the differences between Luke and Nick in terms of what they bring? Some yeah. of the strengths and weaknesses or, sure. you know, what, what they would change about the O-line depending yeah. on who's in there. Sure. Well, I, th I mean, I'll talk about the strengths. I mean, Nick, like, is, uh, we were talking about earlier, energy is just outstanding through the roof, loves playing football. And um, that's fun to see and it's fun to be around. Uh, and I think, again, because he's had an opportunity to learn, uh, kind of gives a different perspective around the game. Uh, like he really making the most of his opportunity and he's like a, a different relationship to it, especially as being an undrafted guy. Um, and then it's so much fun to, to watch. And then uh, with Luke, his strength, some of his other strengths, I mean, like, gosh, he's such a physically dominant dude. Uh, and you can see it. Like, I think that uh, not a lot of guys, rookies are like strong enough to like move dudes in the NFL. And he can as a rookie, which is like really promising. And so... Uh, both of them add uh, a ton, and I, you got to ask Donnie what it's like playing with them. But I think that that chemistry piece is important. But there are you can't just that doesn't just happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then let's let's talk a little bit about the Donovan piece of it, of yeah. where you know I'm sure he um, it, it's tough when he was so used to playing alongside sure. you, and you guys had just that completely understood like yeah. unspoken language yeah, 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 yeah. between the two of you. Yeah. Um, how, what have you talked to him about with it, and how has he tried to help those guys along? Yeah. And, you know, what are the, the challenges of it and the ways that they're trying to work to get to that place? Yeah. Well, football, as you know, is very hard. <laughs> and so when you can, like, communicate uh, very easily, yeah. it makes things go a lot faster and easier. So when Donnie and I were playing, uh, we both, again, we had a good grasp of the offense, good grasp of the plays, the concepts, what the running backs are doing. So I think that... Uh, that allowed us to, you know, kind of elevate our game. Right? You, the guy next to you is on the same page. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask Donnie what it's like playing with these guys. But I do think that there's strengths that they bring to the table, like Nick's, whatever, Nick's energy or Luke's yeah. just power. And I think that uh, both have benefits. And I think that from, like, a communication standpoint, Donnie, like, knows what he's doing. And so I think that, like, Donnie, like, is in a different role now where it's like, all right, I kind of want you to do it this way instead of us like figuring out like together, oh, together how do we want to do this? It's mm -hmm. more like, all right, I think I should, you know, it's just yeah, like he's taking that lead taking a little bit more. the lead probably. Yeah. And I think that that's, again, just a different dynamic that takes time and uh, I'm confident that will uh, continue to improve.
We're talking to former Buccaneer offensive lineman Ali Marpet. And uh, so now let's talk a little bit about Robert Hainsey. I know, and just tell me when you heard that Jensen was going down. Yeah. And then that Hainsey was stepping in for him. You had a chance to be around Hainsey last year. And um, what have you seen in the way that he has stepped into that role? And and then also just what losing Jensen has meant to this offensive line. Yeah, so Hainsey, man, I think has played uh, some really good football. I think that uh, he's really did himself a service in the offseason. I think he, like, I talk about, like, Self-awareness for players, I think, is really important. Know what your strengths are. Know what your weaknesses are. I think Hainsey has that. Mm-hmm. And then this offseason, it's like, all right, what do I need to get better at? And got better at those things. So, like, that's a, a mm-hmm. skill that maybe people take for granted. But I think it's, like, one of the most important things you can have as a player. Um, and then, yeah, uh, losing Jensen's tough. I mean, from we're talking about from an energy standpoint and, like, from a tone-setting standpoint is – there aren't a whole lot of guys that do what Jensen does. Like he's he's kind of a unicorn in that sense. Yeah. And so you miss the, obviously you're going to miss that. And um, it's obviously a, a major bummer. I know that uh, he's going to do everything he can to get himself healthy. And it's it's from the outside again outside and it's tough. Those rehabs are brutal, yeah. like so draining. Um, but I think that uh, obviously there's a great staff here, and he'll be back if it's if it's if, if there's any chance of possibility he'll, he'll he'll be doing it how many calls and texts did you get after he went down asking <laughs> if you could come back it's funny like i like i mean i i love it like it makes me feel like <laughs> everybody wants me yeah, exactly <laughs> no but uh like i i i was pretty committed to uh you know getting some physical health right and like dropping weight and stuff so it really wasn't on the table yeah uh, which is so much better than being in that limbo place where it's like oh maybe I could like no no I can't and I'm yeah. that's like for the best because if it was like oh maybe yeah like, if you hadn't dropped the weight already yeah, it, like, it would have been oh, harder maybe I could do that was yeah. there a part of you that almost I know what a team guy you were I know how right. much you cared about yes. this offensive line was yeah. there a part of you that almost felt bad absolutely yeah yeah like that's a uh, I think it's a great question because like I want to be there and like uh for those teammates, the guys that I've built those relationships with for for the time that I'm here, like I want to be a part of that. Uh, so it's really difficult uh, just watching, but like you know that uh, train goes with or without you, and that's just part of it. But yeah, it's really it really is challenging because I want to be like I don't know, like uh, or, or in some capacity, I just want to like support or like encourage from uh, a distance the and want them to be as successful as they can possibly be, and I care deeply about that. And now let's let's talk about the the right side of the line a little bit. Shaq Mason comes in again, a guy you haven't gotten to play with, but um, I know you were at least familiar with him. And and so tell me about watching him and then Tristan as well, and where he's at at this point uh, already in, in his career of just looking like one of the the best in the game, and right. and just what you've seen from that that yeah. new look right side of the line. Yeah. So Shaq is we came in the same year, and uh, like. There are always a couple guys, like, when you're watching tape, you're like, wow, I like his game, you know? And, like, you kind of just admire from afar. And he was always that guy. It's like, mm. wow, I like his game. Uh, and I think that uh, he definitely earns the respect of, like, players in the league, which is, like, a like kind of the one thing as a player you'd want. Uh, and I think that uh, he's done a really nice job. Uh, and it was so <laughs> uh, great to see him come here, obviously. Uh, and then Tristan... Like, what, what, I don't really have anything to add. Like, the dude is just awesome. Like, awesome to have in the locker room. Like, let's talk about him as a person. Just, like, an awesome guy. And then, man, does he just, like, it's just so 
impressive that he just like it really lets the game kind of come to, come to him in such a way that's like doesn't really come to other people. Mm. Like it, that he's playing his game; he's not playing on anyone else's terms, and that's hard to do <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah, and so looking at the team as a whole at this point. Tell me where you think they can go from here, yeah. the outlook for both the offensive line and then just the team at large. Sure. You're very familiar with this group of the staff, with the players, with everything. What is the, the possibility now moving forward? Sure. Yeah, I mean, so are, are you familiar, kind of familiar with, like, regression to the mean? So, like, think about, like, if there's, um, you know, like a, in basketball, right? So if you have, like, a hot hand in basketball. Mm-hmm. Like eventually they'll cool off and become right. the player that they are. If there's someone that's not shooting well, eventually they'll come off and play to their, your talent level. And that's kind of what I feel about the box. Like I think there's going to be a regression to the mean. So I think they've underperformed mm-hmm. their talent level, and they're absolutely capable of playing here. And so it's just a matter, just a matter of time. I mean, we do have a, a somewhat decent sample size at this point, but I do think that there's tremendous upside, and there's so much talent here right. that we just need to. There are things that obviously can be corrected uh, given uh, new opportunities. Does it feel like, I, I remember back the Super Bowl year, I mean, team was seven and five, and especially the offense did not feel like it was clicking on all cylinders, and then suddenly it felt like a switch got flipped. Right. Do you remember why that was, and is does it feel like that could happen again, something, like what caused a, a fairly dramatic sure. shift, and yeah. then could it happen again? Yeah, the, the, like that's the thing, there it absolutely can. I would say there's so many things that happen within football where, like, there's a lot of chance. Like, like we're talking about health, mm-hmm. and, like, that's part of it. And there's also, like, sometimes the ball bounces your way. Like, there's there's this element of chance in football that, like, maybe it doesn't get enough uh, credit. But I do think that from a leadership standpoint and knowing that guys are their core and how important it is to them and know, uh, if we're being honest, right, like, I think uh, – with Tom, like you have a short runway, like this is you have to maximize these opportunities, and I think guys feel that, and I think that uh, when you have a talented team like this, uh, it sort of kind of incur- can encourage you, can encourage you to take the steps necessary to maximize that talent pool. So it's just I think it's got to come within the locker room, um, and I think that there's no reason it can't. Right, and so I. We talked a little bit about Donovan and having to build some of that chemistry earlier. I would love to hear um, when you chose to retire yeah. and uh, you, you told him, right. how, how'd that go? And I, I feel like it's almost like you were asking for a divorce oh, <laughs> in a marriage. That This is how I feel about what it's like to have. I mean, I know y'all were friends and right, then right. also you play next to each other. And I mean, that's even how the offensive line coaches have described occasionally the tackle guard yeah. relationship is this marriage and, uh, and y'all were in a long-term it's, relationship we were in a there. Relationship. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, that's an important thing. Like I think that, uh, the casual fan or even the uh, more intense fan doesn't really understand. I mean, to the extent really what these relationships are about and like how much you care about their family and what's going on in their lives. And like, those are the elements of the game that help you play, like really translate to the field. Yeah. And I think that Donnie and I really did have that. And I think that um, that is such an important piece of this game. So yeah, yeah, no question. When I was done, I was like, ah, I'm sorry, dude. Like <laughs> I gotta do what's best for me, yeah. but I will be as supportive as I possibly could be from uh, far. Was he very sad? 
I, I, you have to ask him. I think that uh, he wasn't thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, like, it's one of those like bittersweet things. Like most of the conversations I have with people are like, uh, are like, um, oh, it's like it sucks that you're not playing. But I get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that like, everybody's happy for you. Yeah. But, but I get it. yeah. Yeah. So like that's like that's the the tenor of like most of my conversations. That's amazing. Well, this is perfect because we're going to talk more about uh, this decision to retire and what you are doing now in our right. next segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owls Nest. I'm joined by former offensive lineman Ali Marpet. So let's talk about the former part, you know. Tell me about the decision to retire. How long coming was it? What was the process to get to it being the final decision? Sure. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's a lot. Me. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tell so, me all the things about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess I should just kind of start with like, uh, yeah. I guess reason. But essentially, it's it was uh, football is such a physically demanding sport, and there's a uh, a certain I don't know quality quality of life that I felt like I, I wanted that was kind of difficult to do with football, and uh, if I kept playing football, I was just gonna make it harder and harder. And so, really, that's at the core of it. I mean, really, I mean, when I was playing, gosh, I, I've said this, but like high blood pressure, sleep apnea, like all these like you know physical constraints. Like my body, my no body, most bodies are not meant to be that big, right. but mine specifically. Uh, so I didn't really respond that well. <laughs> um, and then obviously, there's the joint stuff too. Like I mean, it's just, it's just really physically demanding, yeah. and I feel significantly better. Uh, that being said, it's so difficult. Like I love playing football. Yeah. I love being around it, like I love, uh, and so like, it's like people ask like, do you regret it or do you miss it or whatever? But like, it's possible I think to to miss it and like still be confident in the decision to step away. So like, yes. both for me are very true, and uh, I guess it's not as clean as I wish it was, but it's just that's that's life. I mean, it it is uh, probably very helpful that it's clean as it is based on the fact that you dropped weight like instantaneously. Yeah. It's been so funny to watch people see you for the first time sure. at different points in this process. Yeah. Has that been funny for you to watch the reactions? Kind of, because it happened like in a short amount of time. Because, well, gosh, I would call it, you know, 80-ish pounds or something like that. But that happened in like... Uh, I don't know, six months and I've kind of just, just steadied out. But like, yes, you're right. So like, I, I'll see peer, people during that time and be like, what? <laughs> uh, I do think that I feel much better now. So that feels good. Uh, but yeah, I, like I think and people ask like, oh, how did you do it? And like, for me, like I had to be so deliberate about what I ate, right? And you know that, like I was, I was very conscious and there was like that habit, like that, that structure for me. Okay, I need to eat this, that, that. So like what I just had to do was like- Not act, do that. No, well, no, 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 <laughs> activate what was already there, but gear it towards a different goal. Mm. It's like, okay, now we want to lose. It's like, okay, like that had, like the, the, the food conscious like stuff was already there. Yeah. It's like. Okay, just the just goal shift. went the yeah, opposite direction. Now we just shift. And like it really didn't feel that hard because I had to do that. Wow. Um, because I already had those like habits and things like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I remember we always talked about you would have to watch like the Food Network yeah. as like food porn to get hungry <laughs> to eat more. And I just remember when you retired yeah. being like, oh, there goes the food porn. Not yeah. necessary anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's just, it's different. I mean, my diet is just like eat less. Like, yep. I eat everything. Like there's no like restrictions. I just eat less of it. And uh, it's. Everyone like, out there that's 
trying to lose weight is like, I hate you right now. Well, so here's <laughs> the thing about weight loss. It's, it's uh, for me, again, because I'm so, or I don't have as much, it's, it can be really hard when there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. in, in retirement. I've had, you know, more free time to like do this Work kind of on stuff. It, yeah. Exactly. So there's that. Yep. And uh, what I'd say about weight loss though, in general, or like, uh, it's very, this is true for a lot of things, but it's very uh, simple. Mm-hmm. But it's not but easy. It's, but it's hard. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard. So like the like, kind of, like eat less calories, move like all yeah. those things are very simple, but it's not yeah. easy day in Easier day out when, when life is happening. And now uh, we were just talking about this in the break. So you um, you were known for the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you were mainly known for that because you were big. It was yep. what fit, and it was also you were a sweaty Florida man right. thanks to being big. And it was the thing that worked for all of those. Is is it unnecessary well, now? Hold on. Oh, I'm, oh, yes. I'm not quite willing to give up the fact that they're just phenomenal shirts. Yeah, like, right. Like I'm you so didn't, sorry. You didn't mention that. I didn't they mention are the just style. Like, yeah, the style component. So sorry. So there's that. I, I love that you will forever defend the oh, honor of the Hawaiian yeah. shirt. If this is... I don't. Who will? Yeah. <laughs> the answer is nobody. <laughs> you and Tommy Bahama. That's right. it. Um, no. So yeah, I, I got, uh, I did, I, I donated a bunch of my like old, like, you know, we get a bunch of like free clothes and stuff like that. Oh man. So I donated a so bunch of So all of, of like, our two and three XL dudes out there need to run to Goodwill if they are a Hawaiian yeah, shirt fan. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> A lot of three X. A lot of three X yeah. shirts out there for uh, grabs. So there's that, and so I had to, yeah, essentially just buy a bunch of clothes that. Like, it was funny. There was a period, and there still is a period of like, where it was like, all right, like I was holding on to the three X, and I just didn't fit. And then, like at one point, like I look like this one of those commercials for like. The, yeah, the yeah, before and after. Before and after, and I still have some of those clothes, and it is just, it actually like this is a different person. Yeah. Like the, I need to show you some pictures of like the pants. Like it's like, how is that even How was this ever a thing that fit me? Exactly. I remember even um, at Mike Evans gala and you oh, showed up yeah. and you just were like, this suit doesn't fit. I'm, I had to create new holes in my belt. Like yeah, exactly. that you, and I did, I think you were even borrowing some of your dad's clothes at one point. Uh, so this one actually, I happened to find a jacket for Mike's event. I happened to find a jacket that was like, it was like a tailored suit, but like, Tailored never, to a different... Well, never fit. No, no, it was tailored for me, but like totally messed it up. Like it wasn't even... I never was able to wear it. And I was like, oh, wait, now it almost fits, but it was still too... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I've, what have been the things that you have enjoyed most since retirement? The things yeah. that you've been doing and, and your, the way you've been spending your time and then your plans now for the future for people who don't know what the, the post-football life for sure. Allie looks like. Yeah, I'd say like immediately uh, the things that were really fun were traveling. So I was able to... Uh, I was going going to YU uh, and uh, Italy and Greece, and I was able to do that with my fiance, and that was freaking amazing. And like those kinds of trips, I didn't feel like I could take as a player because I was so locked in. And like you could argue whether you could or you couldn't as a player, but I was so locked in that like I didn't feel like I could take more than you know that much time off from training and talk about eating. When you're on the road, like eating, like and how are you gonna eat? And I mean, yeah, you can eat pasta in Europe, but it's it's, it's so much harder. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I did, wasn't able to do, or I didn't think that I was able to do those things as a player. So, uh, traveling, right. Uh, was like really fun for me right off the rip. And then for what I'm doing now is currently I'm in a master's in mental health counseling. And the track for that is essentially a two and a half year, uh, graduate program. You become, uh, essentially a therapist. Uh, but I am sort of narrowing what my, my professional interests are actually. And I think that working with athletes could be really interesting for me. Um, and I think that that's something that could be on the horizon. Uh, now I still need to narrow in 
what the you know the best way to go about that is but i really do think that that's going to be like super intellectually stimulating and exciting for me that's incredible yeah. and we're talking to former offensive lineman ali marpet how did you land on therapy counseling sure. as, yeah. as your your passion your thing that you wanted to because i mean the whole it's got to be kind of overwhelming when the whole world is in front of you that right. you could do anything or nothing yeah and how you end up landing on that and you landed on it fairly quickly after sure. retirement yeah it wasn't something that i knew like that's what i wanted to do but i think it was pretty like value driven like my decision my decision around foot leaving football was a value decision like health that's a core value of mine so that was a value-based decision um i feel like the the mental health route that i'm going is another value-based decision which is like uh for me it was like service like how can i be of service to others so like that was kind of what geared me towards that and then there's also kind of a perfect marriage of like well i love relationships i love learning about relationships i love the you know behaviors the emotional stuff the cognition everything like motivation like what why people do what they do is always like that's it like talk about intellectually stimulating and interesting yeah that that fires me up and then i don't want to know anything about what you think about our <laughs> entire radio show tv show history i need no thoughts on yeah. this you can just keep those to yourself that, thank I, you. will, I will keep them all myself. but uh, so yeah the, the piece of like service but then also what's interesting to me um felt like that's really kind of what it was and then also i feel like there's i do have skills like as a player there i think they're like they're uh just sitting there and being with guys like, i think that that's part of the locker room uh is, is the therapy almost the, that happens is yeah. the, the commiserating yeah. around the locker room like that's part of it and so like maybe that's where it sort of uh, the seed was planted i guess yeah. yeah so you think you would want to potentially be almost more of a would it be more of a performance type coach for yeah, athletes? Yeah, great question. So I, that's one of the things that I've narrowed in on because there are performance and there's the, the men, like when people think mental health, they right. maybe think maybe more therapy, therapy or yeah. like, you know, problems that are going on. I actually am interested professionally in the whole range. So like everything that, that from just, you know, to get you to where you can fulfill your obligations in a healthy way, that's interesting to me. But also, you know, how can I also, you know, be the best person I can be. So the, the entire range of mental health is really exciting for me instead of just like narrowing, no, no, I only do like, how can you, you perform better? Or no, I only deal with like, you know, whatever, you know, thing you're struggling with. I think that that whole range, and especially with athletes could be really, really cool. Yeah. And, and former athletes. And so have you, during this time, as you think about the challenges mentally of retiring for, yeah. for athletes right. and then for yourself have you felt like the training you've been receiving in school has almost helped you learn about how to cope with it yourself yeah and then things a, maybe you've learned to to share with other athletes too about the the challenges of retirement yeah we talk i mean we talk about like it's funny because like i i think for me it very much is like a self-therapeutic, yeah. you know, avenue. What, what is the saying about how everybody that goes into mental health counseling is because they, right. they need they mental health the, counseling? Exactly. Yeah. So, I, no, clearly I needed it. No, but I think that for me, uh, helping others is a way of, to, in like a really selfish way, is like another way to help yourself. Like I really, I think that's true, but it does, I mean, it doesn't mean you still like the core of it is helping others, but it, it can do both. Mm -hmm. Both again, both yeah. can be true. Yeah. And I think that that is a driving force for me. What is the hardest part of retiring for you? And then just maybe for athletes at large that mm, yeah. I think it can be easy for people on the outside to just say, particularly for the people who have enough money to last them lifetimes sure. of 
why why is this so hard? Like you, you right, did the right. thing, you got all the money. Like like everybody's like, oh, I'd love to be in that position, you know. Like and yeah. and I think it can be easy to discount the 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 challenges mentally and the decision making process behind it, and you see people hang on maybe you know, like where it's just you're like, oh, like I feel yeah. like, why didn't they just retire? Why sure. didn't they, you know, like there's so much to it. So tell Gosh. us what was hard for you and then what is, just makes it hard for people in general. Yeah, so retiring and specifically for the NFL is a beast. Like talk about uh, when it's such a huge part of your life and then all of a sudden just not, like it's just, uh, talk, it's identity. And I think maybe that might be relatable to other people. It's like, okay, what's it like? And I know it's a much shorter time, but like when you retire after, you know, when you're 65 or whatever it is and you've done your, like that's your identity. Yeah. So like, I think people can resonate with that. And it's hard to, you know, decouple that identity. And so guys struggle with that. I struggle with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that what's more important for retired guys, and we were having this conversation earlier, and for former athletes, is to identify not with themselves as the athlete, but the skills and abilities that had that made them successful as an athlete. So, um, and we were saying like, it, whether it's grit or detail-oriented or discipline, whatever those skills are, mm -hmm. I think those have to be the core pieces of your identity that translate with you after the game. Yeah. And uh, again, we can talk probably for like legitimately- like, Ever on this, uh, yeah. Forever on this. Um, but I think most people should just understand that retiring from the NFL presents tons of challenges and it's unique to other, everyone's situation. But yeah. All right. Well, we still have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest with former offensive lineman Ali Marpet, brought to you by Frontier and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access from the Hooters Owl's Nest with former offensive lineman Ali Marpet. You know, most importantly, it's Halloween, and we talked about the big man struggles. That is important. That is the most important thing we can talk about on the show. One of the big man struggles we always talked about on our show was being too big for costumes. Certainly. You have your first Halloween now wow. as less of a big man. You're I'm not right. going to say you're a small dude. Right, right, right. But, but I'm not, I'm off, I'm off the rack, I think. You're, right? you're no, finally off the not, rack now? I think so. I'm, I'm um, off the rack. Did, did you think about this for Halloween this year? Like, I can actually have a costume like a normal person? You know, I didn't get too, I, feel, I haven't, like, Donnie, I feel like we were talking about it on other shows, yeah. is like legitimately scarred from like Like not, not being, being able, able to, to be do. his Power Ranger. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, oh my gosh! Can you please be a Power Ranger and then send I that to wish. Donovan? Do you think there are there? Are, I'm, we've got to fit into yeah two now. You now Power I'm sure. Ranger. There's got to be. Two it is still a challenge that it's the onesie, like one giant piece, does right. not allow for a lot of yeah. room for when one error. size fits all. Is <laughs> it not does one not size mean it. Yeah. Uh, would that be mean you left him and then you're rubbing it in his face that now you can wear his Halloween <laughs> yeah. costume? Dude, I'm Power Ranger. Check it out. <laughs> He's gonna be like, I hate you. Yeah, because I don't know if he'll ever fit into it. Uh, no. <laughs> not which, so this is actually, a, I did, so it sounds like you don't have a Halloween costume lined up, which well, I'm a little... I do, I do. You but do. I, I, I'm keeping it a secret. You're keeping it a secret? <laughs> is that okay? It's it's officially Halloween, so I think that you can share with us. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not even that good because it kind of happened last minute, but... Uh, 
Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen House of Gucci, but uh, Meg and I are doing. The, no, yeah, y'all are gonna be the couple like from this, House of Gucci. Yeah, this, with, with like the ski thing. Oh, and, this is yeah, incredible! Exactly. So I'll I send love you a this. Picture. Okay, yeah. great. I need to see this. So now you talked about how you don't know that Donovan will ever fit into the Power Ranger thing. Uh, I will also ask him this, so you you can give me your thoughts, and I will get his rebuttal. Is he going to be a offensive lineman who loses a lot of weight, doesn't lose a lot of weight? What I feel like offensive linemen either lose or gain. Very rarely do. They just stay the same. Uh, so actually, I think offensive linemen tend to, there are some that go big, but yeah. in general, tend to actually stay or lose. Yeah. It's the skill position that could g- have <laughs> the potential to gain. They've been running so all over the place. I don't think Donnie's going to gain. I just don't think, I don't think he's going to like be a skinny dude. You yeah. Know yeah. Like, His frame was a little bit more built for an offensive Right, exactly. Yeah. So I do think that he's going to sit at, you know, 280 plus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, probably more than that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You're being generous. generous. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Um, what has it been like for you to watch him as a dad now? Unbelievable. Like, again, we were <laughs> trying to get him for the reunion show. He's doing uh, uh, pizza party stuff with Sarai. Are you kidding me? Love That's, that. I, I couldn't be happier for a reason to not do a reu- reunion show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is unbelievable. So I love that for him. And it's so cool, that, again, to see, especially because when we're, you know, rookies and we're, I don't know, 22 and like, it doesn't, I don't know, it just, that, that doesn't, that part you of your life. You didn't picture that necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, to see that, it's like, wow, the coolest thing ever. So, yeah. Look at the two of you just growing up, making moves. You're yeah, in school. He's a dad. I know. How about that? You, you Who'd, grew have up. Thought? Who'd have thought yeah. you'd have grown up like that? We're talking to former <laughs> offensive lineman, Ali Marpet. Uh, so now... The Rams come into town. I remember when you and I and Donovan had a show together, and every time we'd play the Rams, we would talk about this, and Aaron Donald, and it was just so (laughs) funny to watch you guys just be like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't he's know, man. Good. He's, he's just, good. yeah, he's real good. He's like, you good. Just, like, what are you supposed to do? What do you say? Like, I mean, tell me now, particularly when you uh, are not you having to face him where you don't want to give bulletin board material, right, right. where you can just speak to your experiences uh, going against him. Tell me the things that explain why he is so good and so challenging to go against. Sure. I think, and I, I mean, I would probably say this even as a player, but I do think that when players are so dynamic in, uh, you know, a different aspects of their game it allows for i don't know guesswork but like uh there's so many different ways you can go with it and i think as an offensive lineman one of the things that i saw as my strong uh one of my strengths was like uh being able to take away what someone else's strength is and when someone has so many different strengths (laughs) you're like i can only take away so many things what am i supposed to how am i supposed to attack this (laughs) so that's really what he brings and i think that makes it really difficult as an offensive lineman because, you know, you could, you know, it's hard to explain, but you can sort of take your shots here, but then, you know, he can, you know, navigate and figure out a way to, you know, beat whatever your game plan is. Right. And so that's why he's so good in my mind. Um, and then obviously yeah, he's quick and he's strong and all yeah. that stuff that everybody knows. All, the, all those other things. Yeah, all those, all those things that make him uh, an elite, yeah. <laughs> elite player. And how do you, what do you think the, um, mindset of the team is going into this game both from just what has happened recently but then also the rams feel kind of like a rival almost at this point especially because of what happened last season that you you typically think of rivals as your your division opponents but man have we played the rams a lot of times for them to not be in our division and some very big important games so what is that going to be like you think for the team this weekend facing them with the way that 
their recent games have gone, and then now having played against the Rams the way they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. And the truth is, I don't really know. I would say that I would hope that, to your point, there's another level of motivation. It's just an extra. I mean, usually it's hard. To, usually, you have your extra own flight. There's not really more to give. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, that there is a, uh, a level of detail and uh, intentionality to the work week that carries over to Sunday. Right. Um, and I think that that's, I'm optimistic that that can happen. Um, and framing it the way that you just did, I think would be the way to do it. So now, what would you say that you, as you look back on your time here, something that you are most proud of as Ali Marpet, the Buccaneer, and what you accomplished while you were here? Wow, that's a good question. Well, thank um, you. I think that for me, uh, the consistent day in, day out, trying to figure out a way to become a better player and you know being the best that I could be, I think is and like the satisfaction that comes with that. I think is probably what I feel strongest about, and that's something that I think will carry with me. And I almost like get emotional uh, wow, talking about it. Look yeah, at that. I know. Um, but yeah, like I think that that's what football kind of has allowed me to do and my time here has allowed me to do is like re uh, kind of evaluate like what's important and how to go about your business in a very effective um, intentional way it's incredible yeah and well we are just so thankful you came and spent some time with us on the show and i know that i speak for all bucks fans when we say thank you for what you did while you were here and, and to what you said the way you carried yourself on and off the field and we we're just so happy for this next stage of life you're in as much as we miss having you around the building right well i appreciate it. it's fun to come back and so I, I love watching from afar and love supporting the guys and it's 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 you know difficult at times but it's it's definitely cool to see that's awesome well thanks to all of you guys for joining us here this has been buccaneers total access from the hooters owls nest with former offensive lineman ally marpet brought to you by frontier and hooters this is buccaneers radio